1: important question of your day hey is this being emo
2: Hello,
0: welcome to another episode of the Watch Death Nemo Podcast. Thank you for listening. This episode, we have refused. Uh, They left us in 1998 to never return. Though, in 2012, they came back for a victory lap for the shape of punk to come. And so they're back making music and a new album is here in 2015 and the world is better for it. So recently the band stopped by in New York City. I had a chance to sit down with Dennis and David, talk to them about Hardcore, their new album Freedom, and a lot more. Hope you enjoy
1: Don here was a um, vocalist for a hardcore band. Which and one? They're called Start Today.
0: Mm, grill Biscuits? Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, my, my favorite story was when we were
2: touring with Noise Conspiracy years ago and we're, we did tour at rival schools and uh, we're hanging out with Walter and Don says, yeah, man, you know, I used to be in a band
1: called Start Today. And Walter had been smoking. Right? Yeah, Walter had been smoking. Right? <laughs> that, I mean, that goes without, without saying, saying yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Don says, yeah, he used to be in a hardcore band oh. called Start Today, and Walter looks at him and was like, "Stackator, that's awesome." Yeah. <laughs> <We're>
1: like, what? Stackator. What
2: that Why did he say that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he, they didn't misheard it, I guess. Yeah. But it was yeah. just funny that he was Stack-a-tour. like, "Start Today." Like Stackator, that's he awesome. Knows he knows he knows. He he yeah, he he likes yeah. to smoke.
0: Well, thanks for doing this. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the site that I do. It's called Washed Up Emo. (laughs) It it talks about the late 90s. I'm a hardcore kid, so I kind of transitioned into post-hardcore and Uh, then got into that stuff. And it's been really fun. A lot of the fans have asked to have you guys on and um, talk about the old days. That's the best part. The olden days. That's fun. When,
1: When you say transition, do you mean like, was it like a social, like you started hanging out with other people that were. Or did you start going to other types of shows, or did you just the shows started intermixing? It would right. be it would be like a like right. a
0: matball show, and then a post hardcore band would open, and then a oh, right. the post hardcore show would be an
1: indie band or something where slightly right. we'll see your band open. <laughs> we'll see your band. No, I mean it's band. interesting. Uh, yeah, it's just interesting how those things work in a bigger type. I mean, you're from here? Or? No, I'm from Vermont. All oh, right, no. right,
0: right. So I only the biggest band I ever saw was probably growing up I mean might have been like a New York City like sick of it all or right, actually right. Civ came and uh, it was the only time they ever had a ticketed show because it got so crazy they're like I guess we have to sell tickets <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> we can relate I mean <laughs> we Mark, lived uh,
2: great. still live like really far up north in Sweden so I mean I remember back in 1991 maybe I was working at this uh, youth um, student organization and we were booking shows and I, I got like a I, it's like a letter that says these bands are touring Europe and it said sick of it all and I was like fuck yeah so I called this booking agent and I'm like so we want to book sick of it all and he's like alright where are you where are you guys from and I'm like from Umio, and uh, he just laughed and hung up the phone what? <laughs> he's like ha, ha, it's not gonna happen <laughs> so I mean we're, I mean it took me I got into punk in 87 what was the record what that, was the record that, that got me into punk yeah that you were You're like, like
0: Forget top forty.
2: <laughs> I mean, I was a metal kid, so I was already like on that weird track. But I, I guess the record, we, the first punk record that I was, ex- exploit the troops of tomorrow. Yeah. But then it was, uh, then it was like Misfits, Chromax, Agnostic Front. Uh, How are you
0: finding out about them?
2: It's just through listening. Was zines? To... Was it? No, no, no. Listening to records.
1: And like then the Anthrax at Records, like, thanks list. Thanks list, yeah. yeah. And
2: they're, they're T-shirts. And that's, you saw the T-shirts, and then you went to the old record store. Like, someone's wearing a DRI shirt, so let's buy a DRI record. But it and was the,
1: really yeah. also, like, in our hometown, there was these old punks. They were, like, that went that were punks, like, in the original. Like, they were playing Stooges covers, like, like all, like all in early yeah, yeah. 70s. They had a record They, they store. had a record store called Garage Land Records. Who had like yeah like Misfits 7 issues and stuff.
2: We yeah. went there when we were kids. I mean, I grew up at that record store, and they just like that's where I bought my first Misfits records. And you know, but th- a lot of it was just like you know you live surprise later mm-hmm. and you can look at Thanksless and you're like these guys look like a hardcore band and it was Mucky Pop. And It was kind of a disappointment. Well, it's kind of fun that you did pick <laughs> yeah, something. Did.
0: Like the first time I got the Texas the Reason record, I thought it was going to be a hardcore record. Yeah, records. Yeah. You know, it's Revelation. Yeah. I'm like, what is this shit? And then five years yeah. later, I was like, oh, yeah. I yeah. like this. But it's yeah. it's always
1: older, ungenerally generally guys, uh, but older people in the in the scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think actually the the big the big step was that you had. Cause that guy who was just here, who came with Ben, yeah. he he uh, had a scum Napalm Death scum yeah, on yeah, yeah. hoodie. I was a metal, metal had, guy, yeah. You had yeah. Napalm so Death scum too. on vinyl, and, too. <clears> too.
2: and I, I traded it with a friend of mine. I was like, he he's like, like, did you ever hear this band Youth of Today? I'm like, no, he's like, they're violent skinners. I love violent skinners. And then he found out yeah. they were straighters so he was super bummed. So I traded in. was like my... a drug pusher. Yeah, he was like, and so you I traded my with my us. Napalm Death Scum LP for Breakdown Walls. So and I was like, holy crap, I love this. So that was like early too. Okay. But it's just like it's little circumstances that happened. Um, a friend of mine, his dad bought a new car, and in the car is like a mixtape of punk stuff. And he gave it to me. He's like, oh, you know you're into punk. And it was like Dead Kennedys and DOA and Bad Brains. And I was like... I, where did that it, tape come from? It was in the car that he bought. What? And, and, and that tape, and I listened to it. In I, Venice. In Venice, yeah. And I think it was the Let Them All Eat Jelly Beans compilation that someone taped. And, and I got that. I'm like, "Holy shit, what is this? And a, a friend of mine went on vacation in... Jesus, 80, entering from the... Yeah, moon. in 80, 87. And he came back and he had a tape and it was Misfits on one side and Chromags on the other side and I was like this is amazing so that's 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 how you start I mean the funny thing is that there were no I mean there were a couple of punks but there were punks as as far as hardcore went there was no blueprint there was no one to tell me you need to check this out I mean I remember going to the record store and and someone said oh this band is crazy it's so fast and so insane I can't because the guy that ran the record store like a hair metal guy and it was the first Crumbsuckers record and I was like, I need to buy this. That sounds interesting. You know, that's how you kind of discovered all that stuff. Yeah.
1: And also like that, that period when you're starting, beginning to discover this stuff when like you and just a few of your friends are into it, you sort of don't discern between different scenes. You just sort of like, yeah, you Luke like, sounds good. Butthole yeah. surfers and you like uh, Youth of the Day and you like, you know, whatever. And uh, being from the far north of Sweden, that period was like, it went on for a long time. Yeah. It took us very long to figure out, like, oh, these are from different scenes and from different yeah. parts of the country and different, different you know, times. Yeah. Time era, you know, so we just eras. we just consumed all of it. Yeah. Just equally. and it was that record
2: store. Yeah, well, that part but of that, that, I mean, that. Then we then we started. Order, was was ordered, it, there yeah. was mail order. I mean, I started early. I think started. Uh, How much was stuff to get? Like, if you were ordering from Rev, would I mean, it be, would it, it be mean, like cargo yeah. in the UK or no, no, it, no, literally. Uh, in 89, I started buying Maximum Rock and Roll and I just started changing dollars, putting them in envelopes, sending them to America. And I'm hoping pray. that I'll get some records and, you know, nine out of ten times I did get records. So that's what I did. I, I ordered from Revelation. I was just like, here's 20 bucks, send slip slipknot seven inch. And, yeah, then, yeah. and I got it. And, it and that was, that's
1: kind of how it worked. And Dennis is three years <laughs> older than me and most of the guys like that scene that we sort of initiated in UMIO, the band, like other bands like Avenda, Donuts, and all this. Mm-hmm. Dennis was three years older than almost all of us, so he had this record collection. Already, so yeah. we would just sit <laughs> in his one room apartment and just listen through the records, like yeah. just listen to all of them. But it was
2: funny because it was so isolated. And I, I was going to say that, like, I got into punk in '87, and '93 was the first. That's six years. When you were a young kid, that's a fucking eons of time. <laughs> when we got to see a band that we liked and that was Shelter that came and played wow. and I remember we played uh, like four shows with them four or five shows in yeah. Sweden we, we like managed to get on the tour somehow I don't know who we bribed we were like <laughs> we got on Shelter mm-hmm. and I remember like so this is going up to Porcelain and saying like, so when's Judge coming over? He's like, Judge, we book up three years ago. I'm like, fuck.
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're so disconnected. Yeah, because we lived in Sweden and our, I mean, we yeah. were at Maxim Rock and Roll and Thrasher.
1: That was like our I mean, connection to... The funniest story is that we loved Inside Out and Rage Against Machine, the Machine. We saw that on the Headbangers Ball, I suppose. I mean, it wasn't even like, there wasn't a video. It was just no, like no, a live I, clip of them I, or no,
2: something. No,
1: I think I picked up the record because it was sacked from Inside Out. Yeah, but like, but like that's yeah. how we got connected to it and then they were coming to play in, in, in Stockholm. Stockholm so we went down there and it was just like this rock club basically but what they year? had like huh I mean like it's 92 like, summer right? it's like yeah. no right? it was
2: it was earlier it was like we just no, started
1: refused i think it's i mean we started in the winter 91 92 yeah. so it must have been the summer of 92 i don't know if that record came out in 92 maybe or yeah, 91 I mean, fall is, 91, is, 91 it, it, it maybe
2: it was but, like a month
1: after the record came out yeah it was just the i think in yeah. europe yeah. In Europe yeah but it wasn't in 91 apparently because we we had the demo
2: and we recorded no it. we didn't have the demo I think it's sure even they? yeah I think it's before the demo I think we just started Refuse I think it's the winter of 92 oh, maybe that's yeah. it yeah it was the winter of 92 because the Rage Against Machine Records has been out for like a couple of weeks and the only reason we knew about it was it was sacked from Inside Out so we went to Stockholm we went to there Stockholm there was like six of us yeah and they had like, like they, they were, like,
1: were serving like, beers upstairs upstairs and then down all like, ages yeah and they played and then after the show Tom Marilla was just hanging around and we didn't know who the fuck that was but he, he had a shelter t-shirt on what and we had like whatever hardcore shirts so we just went up to him he, we're like where's Zach? Uh where's Sack. could we talk to Sack?"
2: <laughs> to Tom Marilla <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah and he's like <laughs> yeah sure and he just brought us backstage and we just sat me and Dennis sat with Sack for like an hour or something after what? the show just yeah. talking and he just he sort of politicized us we were just stupid kids and he was talking about like how the Spaniards came to South America and you know and and we were just like listening for a while and then when uh, he took a break in like his monologue we were just like so what's Matt Bold doing these things? (laughs) 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 Matt Bold what's Matt Bold (laughs) (laughs) doing? (laughs) That's a reasonable question and he was like like, yeah but like international capitalism blah blah and we were like okay and then (laughs) as soon as he took a break we're like so what's Siv up to? Siv <laughs> Biscuits? What's he? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it was awesome because it was like... The, the I can't play, believe spent an hour... Before, the show know. they played, it was like 80 people maybe.
1: Yeah. And,
2: wow. And two months after that show, they were the biggest band in the world. It was quite awesome that we were just like... You know, we were those guys. They're just like, Sack was all like fucking pissed. And like, here's a new one. We're like, play no spiritual surrender.
1: you Play the no allies.
2: spiritual surrender. We were
1: those guys that entire show. We did the same thing we, forgot, we saw for in 92. We what went you guys down. Yell? No, but I mean, and we we, <laughs> we ran up on stage and sang along in the microphones because that's what we used to yeah, do in uh, our hometown when yeah. we liked the song. They didn't like that, did they? I pff, they were they were just confused. They were yeah. just like, I have I have it on video, guys. Yeah. Filmed it's, it. It's a lot just of like, look, just like ah, Edward singing there. and Gees just like, <laughs> just looks around like, what the hell is going on? But we I talked walk- to Ian <laughs> then too, and it's like, so uh, do you skate?
2: Yeah. You still we straight. We walked it? into the back to room.
1: I was Wouldn't super nervous. I'm like,
2: that's Ian. I'm like. So you still skate? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, that's awesome. And we just kind of back up. What
0: are you supposed to say? He's the reason. Mm-hmm. I know.
2: But it was so awesome. That was our question. I'm like, that's the guy. Well, what now you, you know. You? Yeah. Well he, he was like, Yeah, I still skate pool once in a while. I'm like, that's fantastic. And then
1: we back down. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's you stuff. asked him if he was still straight edge. I probably did. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice one.
2: Are oh, you still straight edge? He's like, who are these people? They were good. <laughs> they were, and they were so good. They it was so such good. a good show. It was oh unbelievable. And there was the same thing. It was like 40 people, maybe, at the show. And, yeah. and 20 of us, I mean, it was in a time where we that, tiny, place. tiny, tiny, of place. And 20 of us came down from Mimeo. Because we it's like, who's playing? So we, we fucking carpooled down and saw them play.
0: Do you feel like that
2: shaped what
0: you guys? Of course, I ice. felt that way being from the small of town. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that, I didn't know what top forty you. was. I didn't no. know.
2: Yeah. I mean, the small town also, as I said, like I started playing punk in eighty seven and ninety three. Shelter came to town, so there's a gap of six years where we just like, all right, there, there's no one's going to come in and play, so we have to start our own bands. So we have to start our own scene, and we were very like when we started. With Fuse, we were very like. Uh, you know, we need a scene. We need to make shit happen, and we invited other bands to play. And it, it, it grew because of it's the, on the I, map. Yeah, it's now it's on the map. But then it was just like there's nothing there, so we we had to make a scene happen, and it was very yeah. good. It was good for us. I mean, we the whole concept of DIY because we didn't really know about DIY. It was just we were forced to become DIY because mm-hmm. no one. We would set up shows. So we just we set up shows and we start booking. Yeah, where we and,
1: come from, you know, it's so far from everything that everything is DIY. There. I mean, you know. the theaters are DIY, and like if you if there's people who want to have like a literature festival, that's going to be DIY. Like everything, yeah. there's no academies up there. There's yeah. no like real structures like that. So it was just natural to us. Yeah, and it's then
0: a- you know having the having that that base and those bands mm-hmm. around you. Like, did you feel it? Did you feel like, oh, wow I think people are gonna notice. I think we're gonna start doing more. I mean, I mean the band definitely. Is, if it was, you, we, you didn't, you didn't think about the helping. rest
1: of the world really a lot. Like, as far as Refused went, we did. Like, I mean, Refused tried to tour and reach out, you know, go places. But, but like the Umio scene was like a world of its own. We didn't yeah. really care about other. It was just a it was our world kind of working yeah, on your world. craft too. yeah
2: and i, I mean yeah. for, for me it was like just looking at discord and we said okay they, they're they doing a label that's only released bands from dc and let's start the label called desperate fight records and do the same thing and just release bands from our hometown and be supportive of that scene i mean and then a couple of bands from our hometown like donuts and Avenanda and refused actually went on tour yeah. and went to tour the world and you know, in that 90s scene, there were, you know, elements to be reckoned with. Which pretty awesome, because it's such a small town. I mean, it's like, a at that point, 100,000 people lived there. And, I mean, Donuts, they toured the States in 1995. It was like the first band from our hometown ever toured the States. It was fucking fantastic, you know. What were their stories when they came back? We're like... Well, I don't know. I think because we didn't know I mean that was the same with us we didn't know how to tour you know it's like we didn't know what that meant we were just no. like well let's just get in a van and just drive around and <laughs> sleep at the floor and not eat food it's just well I guess that's what touring was and, and uh, I mean they came back and I mean it's awesome that you have to tour and they're, they're so young at that point too they were just like they were kids you know Yes.
0: was the post-hardcore scene I mean like where was Fireside
2: from? they're from Lulu they're, it's like three hours north but we had a lot of interchange with those bands like Fireside and Breach because they were like they were around when we, when we started Refuse they were like a part of because they had the other bands and they were yeah, I mean, part of that the scene. band that Dennis
1: had before Refuse was called Step Forward and they were sort of the the the, the spark that lit I mean those guys would have started bands anyway I'm, I suppose like all of us would have, but Stepford was the band that sort of went around lighting the fire. Uh, I saw them in '89 um, and was just, just I just immediately realized that this is what I need to do. And there was a skate competition up in Lulio, which is a couple hours north, which is where Breach and Fireside are from. And they were like skater dudes hanging around, and Stepford played that skate. Um, thing and and they were all just like oh my god we this is what we want to do and they started bands and they had other bands before those bands and step forward played with those bands and then refused formed and we played with those bands and then they turned into breach and fireside and this other band called randy we were like sort of brother bands playing together they would bring us to their town we would bring them to ours and then during the 90s like this whole alternative music thing just got bigger and bigger and suddenly all those bands were touring and going to America and putting out records, and it was a strange thing going from just being stupid kids playing at yeah. like youth centers, and suddenly, like in the far north, which is so disconnected yeah. from everything, it's like Alaska. I mean, it's just yeah. gone. It's just, and then suddenly, there's like five bands from Anchorage touring <laughs> Europe. You know what I mean? Like it's just like why would that happen? <laughs> yeah. But it just happened.
0: That's a good community, then. Yeah. 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 I I love that isolation part where yeah, you, when you when you, you live,
1: live a long way out you make your own fun. It's an American author the w- woman who wrote uh Brokeback Mountain. That, I forget her name. Uh, Annie Proulx, P R O U L X. She she writes great short stories and one of them she says that uh, when you live a long way out you make your own fun. That's basically what yeah, That's was. what we have to
2: do, yeah. I and mean, we couldn't count on anyone to come and play or, or, you know, do it. So we had to do it ourselves. I mean, it was awesome. I remember looking back now, because it was such a weird time. I mean, when we were shelter players, like 600 kids showed up for a shelter show. And it was like one of those defining moments in our, in, in the city, like, you know, like, that where happens. are you at the shelter show? And and then I saw, someone did an archive in Umio. There's like a Umio hardcore archive at the museum, which is
1: insane. In the itself. state gave them uh, the museum like, 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 like $50,000 to collect yeah. all of Umea Hardcore what yeah. so there's like an. I'm trying to do that
0: for the late 90s first. Yeah. yeah it's a uh, great that's, website that's a fantastic I want to you, check that out yeah, you go into it's
1: Hardcore <laughs> Archive in Swedish R-A-R-K-I-V okay. dot S-E I think. probably yeah yeah and uh, you just look for you write Refuse there, and you can find our second rehearsal that we ever did. Yeah. Like filmed. We filmed. Wow. practicing The first show we ever played? Yeah. All that stuff is It's there. all,
2: they, they collected it. We gave them everything. We're like, let's just, you know. But there is an uh, article about, I think, the No For show, and it says, the audience didn't show up for No For show. <laughs> Only 250 people. <laughs> <Yeah>. Only, <laughs> only, yeah. And now I'm like, whoa, we, we could do orchestra and maybe with 250 people show up. That'd be, you know, <laughs> yeah. unheard. If, like, drive yeah. the mic, you're done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's so funny because it's such how a how different. How many, li- like,
1: yeah. is, at that point was? Yeah, like 100,000 people, yeah.
2: if even. Yeah? yeah. And like 200, only 250 people showed up for the No NASA an show. Wow, still a great show though. <laughs> yeah,
1: Mario and drums.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. Mario from uh, Rock from Crypton. Off, played drums in No Franza on that tour. Oh, fuck! Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, the, well, day the songs was, on the records got a little rock from the Cret vibe. I don't know, maybe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've heard <of> awesome. <laughs> the, the day, the day
2: before, uh, this is awesome because the day before No Franza played uh, in Umeå, they played in Trondheim, one of the palaces. That's got yes, to say. They played in Trondheim in Aus- in Norway, and that uh, moment broke its edge. That night, like before they came to him, it was like the first night he drank, he, he fell in love with some crusty girl. Really? It was yeah. a girl i him? Like? Yeah, a girl. Of course. A crust, all... crust crust punk. Not crusty girl, but yeah, a cr- crust, crust <laughs> punk girl. <laughs> and uh, so he drank. Because yeah, we met her. We, we stayed at her, her house. We stayed at her house, yeah. So when they came to him, you know. This is deep. <laughs> when he came to me he was so angry he was so pissed he was just like he broke edge not before he's like fuck you straight kids He like super everyone was like what's going on here and
1: he was so upset and the thing he, is also i don't know if you remember this but as as a like we would make fun of like all the like straight tropes like all the you know the slogans and stuff i mean we sort of we were straight and stuff but we sort of also yeah. found it funny so on the like the backstage pass for that show we'd written, X Up or Get Out." <laughs> 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 he
2: didn't like it. That money was not impressed. And then their car broke down, so I had to go with them through Sweden on a train. It was quite interesting. It was <laughs> I had tour tour manager through Sweden. <laughs> hung out, right? I hung out with no front answer. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I thought they were awesome. I love that, the, both the LP and the set. Yeah. so good, so raw, fast.
1: Great drummer. Great drum.
0: I think too for you guys the you know the doing that everlasting EP on EVR. I mean that yeah. classic label, Victory doing uh, that record. That what are those kind of
1: anything pop out from those times of
0: fuck? We have a U.S. label and then we're gonna do this well, the or big, the big victory thing. was that was a big yeah. Production. The big thing
1: was when we got the 108 tour. Yeah, that was like the big in big break, yeah. when we sort of realized U.S. That. No, 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 European your European, tour. European yeah. tour. our first real European tour because we'd just been playing by ourselves, like going around Sweden. Like we were sort of becoming a phenomenon just in Sweden, uh, and then through uh, our booking agents and and. In Sweden. In Sweden, yeah. we, we landed the, the tour opening for One Way. And that was like, that was the guy from Inside Out. And the other guy from, from Inside <laughs> Out. Yeah, and we were just like... I remember just like calling everyone we knew and just meeting up and just being like... Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> That was like the big... A big I, it was
2: weird for us because we were... Uh, you have to realize, when I got into like um, hardcore and, and the whole straight edge thing... Um, the the template was very different from Europe because it's a different scene. I mean, I remember like the first uh, bands that I was in touch with about like being straightage was uh, a band called Man Lifting Banner from from Holland and a band called CN and Red. They are super political. So we came from like the more punk side of straight edge and hardcore. So when we start playing with Snapcase and when it, and all those bands, they weren't very political. They were just like, oh, we're straight edge, and you know and we were just like, okay, that's a bit weird. So when, when we released the record on Victory, we, we didn't really feel like, we, we didn't felt like we fit in with like the, the ideology of Victory because we were way more punky and way more political. But musically, it fitted pretty yeah. well. So when we toured the States, it was really confusing because it was like, we're on this label and the music kind of makes sense, but then we're super political. So a lot of people that liked Snapcase and Earth Crisis and so on Not impressed by us because we were so outspoken. And then the people, because we, I think in our minds, the whole like ebullition and heart attack and that whole scene, that was like we we liked that, the ideas Mm -hmm. and the ideology. But musically, it didn't fit. So we were like right in between, like we're coming to the States, and if you see pictures of us from 96, we look kind of like cross punks. We look insane. And we're super political and we play this weird metal music. So we don't really fit. Like I remember, like a lot of those, like the straightish bands we played with, they were just jocks. They were just like big yeah. dudes being like, "Yeah, I'm also straight edge and, and then there and were Christians, and we were like, "Wait!" And then the punk kids, they would come up to us and like, "How the fuck can you tour with Snap Kids? Why are you on Victory Records? You're a sellout!" And we're like, "Whoa, yeah, you're you're, you're yeah. on the
1: same label as One Life Crew." Oh yeah, that was yeah, a yeah. Big, <laughs> that was a big deal at the
2: time. <laughs> like, why? why? Like, How can yeah. you be on the same label as One Life Crew? And we're like, and we said, "Well, we're on Victory." That enables us to tour the states, and that's what we wanted to do. We were very, a bit cynical about it, I guess. We were
1: just like, if we're on victory, we can tour the states and we yeah, can. They that was, we, yeah, we yeah to, that was a big yeah. label at And the it made sense because, like, those bands at that time, I mean, especially after Everlasting, we'd evolved, you know, parallel to all those, but like, we'd gotten our ideas or been inspired by similar sources as those bands. It wasn't that we tried to sound like any of them, we just evolved parallel and just did our thing and it was sort of similar there was a connection so it just made sense to be on Victor and we just thought we were you know we had a strong and original voice so that we could just put out our record on that label without that labels you know whatever identity identity yeah. would you know affect ours and that's what we thought but it was it was weird coming to america because here all these scenes are so disconnected they're so like there's such strong lines drawn and this is strange for us still sort of because we can't like and competition i mean i talked with people last night about that like on the new record i mean it's not obvious to everyone and i mean there's there's a song the lyrics are quite like smart (laughs) they're about like cutting edge neurological research and stuff but the payoff at the end of the song is like so madball influenced. You know, and it's totally natural to us. Yeah. I mean that is a palette of you know you can hear hardcore it. and stuff and where we came from. And we use that power and we use that music, but that doesn't mean that, you know, we ascribe to any of the same ideas or whatever. But coming to America it's always like strange to us that there's so strong lines drawn <clears throat> in these small different yeah. subgenres. Yeah, it,
2: it's quite nice
1: sometimes to be coming from the outside because I mean I remember
2: just just a different thing same thing but different I remember uh, uh, the Dead Kennedys they hated like New Wave and that whole like mm-hmm. Power Pop but I like that because I do not have to I didn't yeah. have to live in that time I didn't have yeah. to be a part of like oh, the Knack, they're selling out, but the Dead the, the Kennedys are real. I'm like, I can like the Knack and the Kennedys. For me, that's not a problem. Zero we can like, and, and we yeah. could, I mean, that's the thing too. Two of our favorite bands, Sick of Roll and Borneast.
1: Yeah. And they were like, both, yeah. you know,
2: they, they hated each other. Yeah. They like, they fucking hated <laughs> yeah. each other. We're like, we love Borneast we also love Sycorale. Not a problem because we, we we didn't have to be a part of that uh, you know that that rivalry. We didn't. Yeah. We, we love Born
1: Against and we loved Steve EVR. Yeah, they, exactly. So Steve Wolfpack. Yeah. yeah. Wolfpack. So for us. Uh, oh my god. There's,
0: yeah.
2: people, there's. I worked at EVR, so that oh, would
0: yeah. be really funny. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you could tell. I mean, maybe you could tell the, Wolf, the Steve Wolfpack story. Maybe that's too. No, no, no.
1: It's, it's another day. Another day. Okay.
2: But I mean, for us, it was like. Uh, you know, we just like music, and we're very open-minded about it. And and when we started playing, I mean, yes, Umi became it had like a hardcore scene in from '93 to '97. Yeah. It was like the hardcore kids. But when we start playing, like a hardcore show was like it was Refused, and there was like a punk band, and then a metal band, and an indie rock band, because that's what you had to work with. There, there's not like a, you couldn't have four hardcore bands because there wasn't four but it worked so, yeah it worked and and it was awesome because it you know it opened our minds and we're like well good music is just good music I mean we're a hardcore band but we still hang out with these guys but then in the states because it's, it's so big it's just like just hardcore I mean and it's just like uh, the tough guys are of hardcore this and, uh, and so for us it was like well, that's kind of weird and when we played in Sweden we toured with Entomb and Fireside and then we could also play shows with Snapcase and Sick of It All it wasn't like for us it was just oh play shows with great bands it's, it's fantastic but uh, in the states it was very uh, divided so yeah. when we came in 96 we, we felt super alienated like the punks that we were like hey we like these punks they're like fuck you sellouts and and then the, <laughs> it seems know. it seems that today <laughs> is
1: that that's not a problem but i think we, i sort of feel like this sounds arrogant but we're sort of ahead of the times in a sense that we that we really just didn't understand why you couldn't mix the ideas and mix the styles yeah i think it's
0: gone back and forth there's like package tours now
1: where it's the same six
0: bands chug chug chug. there's not the indie band opening for the no right 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 right.
2: but i think it's also dependent on as you said it's like it's a bit of the time and the place because as you said where you live you just had to those were the bands those were the bands that lived in your hometown they have to play and maybe they're not all like the same thing and i mean I, I liked that about the isolation. There wasn't, like... You couldn't have, like, a clear-cut scene like that. I mean, it... it I that, think there was it, less noise, too. Yeah. Even though there's a lot of bands
0: and a lot of things that you could... I don't know. I felt like I could take in a record or take in a scene or a genre yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: without, I don't know, the noise of a city yeah, know, yeah, that's influencing true. it. But yeah. it was it was a great influence for us because it was just made our... I mean, we talked about this a lot, but, but when we discovered punk, for, for a lot of people, punk and hardcore becomes this very small small room that they just kind of locked the door and like this is where i'm gonna be but for us it was like it opened the doors it, it fucking kicked down the walls and like okay anything is possible we can do anything i mean i think that as we evolve as musicians and, and, and human beings we that there are no boundaries to what we can do as far as creativity goes well, and, well there, there are boundaries and of those, course, are, but those
1: are very interesting the boundaries and the edge of the boundaries are fun and interesting yeah. and you sort of want to that's where the risks are I mean, if you cross them, you can do something really, really embarrassing, and that's yeah. sort of exhilarating. Yeah. You want to sort of walk that line. And, uh, but I, I think just generally in life. I mean, as far yeah. as when we talk about Refused, yes, Refused
2: has, it's like an idea, and we're always trying to push it a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's, we were quite aware of uh, what Refused is, you know, so we wouldn't put out, a, like, an acoustic ballad <laughs> record and be like, oh, it's a new Refused record, because that wouldn't be a Refused record, but, but yeah. But I think as human beings, it was just like punk made us, you know, open our minds to the world. And, and, and just, as I said, like we could pick and choose. We could like all these different bands and it wasn't a problem, you know. Yeah. And I think that definitely shaped,
0: shape of punk to come. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, I remember getting the tape and listening to it and running to my friend and playing it. And them him being like floored. And then seeing that you were coming through town, I told you last night, and I saw one of the last shows of you guys oh. in idea. I saw the North Carolina show, yes. and actually a couple weeks ago, I interviewed Shelby from Frodus when yes. um, we had a long chat and about that show. And um, you know that was obviously such a different time and place, but yeah. it was nuts because I was like, "This record's so amazing," and people were just starting to hear it. Everyone knew "Rather Be Dead" more than anything. That yeah, of course. Um, that was the hit. Yeah. Um, and then hearing the new so- you know those songs and you know having the breakup and then being able to have that victory lap as I called it mm. when you guys came back, which I was so happy. It was kind of a victory lap. Yeah. How many, you know, I mean, how many bands have referenced it in guitar world or those bands? I mean, that's crazy to think about that every time I'd open up Guitar World it would be some butt rock band and they'd be like favorite five records it was there yeah, but yeah, that yeah. that says something it's not a bad thing it's a, no, it, no, I, it resonated I and, I and, I and 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 went out further than yeah. I think you guys maybe realized yeah, it. Well, I think and we're you had still, to walk away. we're
1: still we're still realizing it it's still it's still not quite like <laughs> it's not clear to us yet like like this more like we're staying at this we're in new york we're staying at this nice hotel because our tour manager robin got us like i don't know like she knows, knows someone, someone who works it's just, she got us a deal it's the kind of place you would never ever stay no, it's just insane stay like in the mini bar <laughs> they have like among like the candies and stuff like one of the boxes is like some like high-end like erotica. Kit with like a vibrator ring, and like just it's, it's just it's beyond it's just insane. <laughs> and the door guy just stops us on the way out, and he's like, I just gotta say, I'm such a fan. Uh, I've listened to the shape of come a hundred thousand times, and it's just you know, it's it's still, it, yeah I mean,
2: it's, this it's the same thing. strange. Yeah, dude. we're going to Marvel, and it's like the guy that's like the guy at Marvel comes Brian. out and like, Yeah, I was at the show last night, I love you guys. I. I set up helped set up a show in 96 in Long Island I'm just like that's insane because they're all now working that's yeah they're the all now, like, they the hardcore, are, that's what I've noticed yeah. the hardcore kids are all working
0: yeah, yeah <laughs> we talked about that too because
2: it's such a good learning ground like set up shows and do scenes and book tours and you learn so much about the logistics of it and how to get deal sh- with people yeah deal with people and get make yeah. shit happen yeah the hardcore
1: and, scene is sort of like business school
2: yeah for people that Business school for people that didn't really fit into school. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so it's awesome. We're going to the Marvel office, and the guy's just like, "Yeah, ninety six Long Island." I'm like, "That's fucking crazy," you know.
1: But I mean, it's also like, like a sort, sort of like, you know, training ground for like the kind of like sort of cold blooded, like entr- entrepreneurs that we sort of not like the, that we don't like that, that we don't like, but they <laughs> just like they're in the scene and and you're allowed to do whatever you want. And so you just... And there's an openness to it. Yeah, So you just learn to put out stuff and just, you know, figure out what the cost of manufacturing something is and what you can charge for it within a scene where there's like a social culture, like you have to sort of be someone that people respect and and like in the scene in order for your product to be appreciated and, and supported and just to learn that. Within that little, I mean, there's a lot of people from that world who've gone on to just just be like very profitable entrepreneurs. It's, it's, um, it's kind of funny when you think about it because they, they've been rubbing shoulders with like fucking like anarchists and nihilists and all these fucking people that were headed for either just like the barricades or, or the streets. And uh, it's, it's, I mean, when you think about it, growing up as a teen in that world, like any random show in UMIO um you would you would find someone who's today is like like a crim like full on criminal full on <laughs> professional criminal you know who's done a lot of time and who's hurt a lot of people and like a great academic at the university.
2: Or, uh, or the, what, what's our friend Ida she's uh ambassador in Namibia or something like that. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> it happens. It was kinda of funny. Yeah.
0: What what felt right um about that reunion part, you probably mentioned this bunch before, but uh, understand you're talking to hardcore kids, yeah, yeah. you know what that, you know, because I describe the record as the like a fresh glass of water every time you drink it, like it's just clean, it's there, it's uh-huh. e- it feels ref- every time it doesn't it doesn't grow old, it's like it's always.
1: It's hard to explain. I mean, if you if we're if we're going to be really honest about it, it's kind of hard to explain, but it just it just felt like some sort of redemption it just felt good it just felt right yeah. somehow and it and it wasn't it wasn't some sort of executive decision like now this should we really should do it's this the anniversary yeah. We must yeah, do, or, yeah or 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 like just like any one of us wanting it really and just forcing it because we're not really that kind of people like it, it was it was a very like chance thing uh, it it could as easily have not happened but part of it was that we were all living in the same town for the first time since we broke up and part of it was that we'd started to make music together in different constellations and uh, we were being very creative uh, with our stuff and having a lot of fun Um, and, and part of it was just that we got this offer from Coachella and realized that if we wanted to do it we could do it for real. Like, and having been in bands, putting out records on indie labels for years, and being the age that we are, it's very, very hard to really, really rehearse and get, like, a really good band together and make it, like, tight, because people have kids, people have jobs, people have things, and the way that this came together, we realized that we could all take time off and become a really, really good band again, like a really, really good band. When you
2: when you're a young kid, there's all the time in the world to practice because you, you have no jobs and you live with your friends. And when you're older, it, it is hard to get responsibilities. It together. Yeah, people. I mean, every band I've played, I'm lucky, but people have jobs and people have girlfriends. You can't and do it all the and, whole time. No, and yeah. now we were just like, okay, let's let's use this opportunity and fucking make it as as, as good as we want it to be. I you. loved the I was the Terminal Five show,
0: and I think Lou from Sick of It All or something. Yes. Yeah. and the smiles. Yeah, you guys, and that was to me. I was like, <laughs> "That was glorious. that made me like." So I was like, "They're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, not a
1: chore." And it was. I mean, it's also about. It's definitely about glory too. Just to grab like the everyone was waiting for it. Yeah, just to to walk out and just to accept, you know, the the uh, the appreciation, and 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 anyone who's like had some great failure in their life, they know that you sort of never quite get rid of it it's still there like that failure you know you you didn't get that shit together whatever it was and we felt that when we made that record we we felt that we'd done something great and we'd worked very very hard i mean our sort of all of our private lives more or less it was different for all of us but they sort of collapsed mine like collapsed yeah, Because of that For the, during the record. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah and like just during, during that, that period and what we poured into the band. We didn't have lives outside of the band. And it was just this like this crescendo, just like this reduced just the intensity of how we did the band just increased and increased and increased and then peaked when we made that record. And then it just fell flat. It just yeah. and weak. there was something like like itching in you. Yeah. And when when, when you realize that we could give this a shot it just felt like like revenge yeah because <laughs> yeah. so,
2: yeah. you gotta realize that when we came out with with shape we toured so much so i would say when we released songs to fan and we toured 96 and part of 97 that was when we peaked as a band and when shape and Punk to come came out like a lot of the hardcore kids and a lot of hardcore scene especially in Sweden, they, were, they were just like yeah, you're just a bunch of pretentious fucks. We don't like this. And I remember we we played the first show of our because we we're one of those fans. we made it hard for people. Oh, to Oh, we like made it hard too. for people to like because we we got way pre- more potentials that we should have been. But I mean, the first show we played in Uppsala, we always had great shows in Uppsala, and we show up and we have this new record and we have like like ADAP backing tracks and nothing worked and there were no people there, and we're just like, what the fuck is going on? And we already had these internal struggle and we weren't really happy with what's going on and we're like let's at least go out and play these songs and no one cared like people were literally not excited and we did a european tour with uh, the highest were the first band out and then the ska band called liberator and then we played on a band called no fun at all it's like a skate pump band and every night we could see liberator and no fun at all just destroy it and we'll have a thousand people just looking at us like this and it was disheartening. It was just like, what the fuck is going on? So when we came to the States in 98, we were a broken band. We already canceled a bunch of tours. And, and those we those shows
0: like, were so... I mean, this. I think mine was a basement of a college.
2: Yeah. That
0: was a great show, but... But that was, But again, it but it's But not a, at
2: that point, we are broken up. Yes. Which was kind of like... It was so weird, because we came to the States and we were so angry with each other. And I mean, I was riding in the Frodo's van, because I went to hang out with these guys. And it was like a really kind of... It was like a very aggressive attitude Everybody mm-hmm. had And then after three shows We're just like It's done We can't do this anymore But then we're like So we're super broke Now we owe the record label <laughs> Shit ton of money Because they, they fronted and stuff Yeah they fronted is. All the travels So like Okay so what are we going to do Let's play shows And uh,
1: Didn't um uh, Who booked that tour? Wasn't it's
2: it Ian Mackay's sister Booked it <laughs> uh, Amanda
1: McKay. Amanda Mackay Booked the tour Yes she booked the tour Yeah that felt bad too. You know. <laughs> Does she skate? Like, like, yeah. like, like, the, you know, we're like the betrayal, stretched like straight into the heart of the whole thing. Like,
2: <laughs> but we had to, so we we're like, okay, let's let's play these last. I think it was like five more shows. So we can get back to D.C. and fly home. And fly home. And that was... The, and then... So the show you saw was like... One of the last ones. I think we did two shows after that. Two shows, yeah. And and we were like... I think we were so relieved by the fact that it was over. So the last five shows were pretty good. The first three shows were horrible. Like, it was horrible and painful and no yeah. one had fun. And then we were just like, Hey, it's over. Let's just have fun and play and just... The, the whole atmosphere got much lighter. Because we were like, Okay, we know it's five more days and then these fuckers are on my lap. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And... and then to have that experience and I mean I started it's still new- talked about it in North Carolina that was it was a rad show. I remember not even just because didn't. it just the it, you could have not broken
0: up and it still would have yeah. been that I remember a friend telling me I have a VHS tape and I didn't know I was like what are you talking about He's like this is some show in North Carolina it's like wait I need to see this <laughs> and then it was yeah, that yeah, show. It's,
2: I saw it on YouTube a couple of songs from that show is on YouTube. It's just it's, crazy that
0: hmm. that thing, you know, people send me VHS tapes to digitize. Yeah, right, so I'm right. starting like an archive of kind cool of things. But, but that type of thing, people relive that and yeah. be able to see those moments and um, it did seem like you were enjoying it. No, that was a good
2: show. I remember that vividly. I, I just
0: love all the show. new songs from Sable Punk and Everyone's just like... Yeah. Because no one's we, heard
2: it yet. Yeah, and then we played rather, <laughs> rather Be Dead. And, and everyone's like,
0: oh, fuck yeah, mm-hmm. why I can but,
2: but we had that, so, and I think for a long time, I mean, when we came home, I mean, we did not talk for like a year almost. Yeah. Wow. And, and we were just like, really, I started a new band like the week after I come, came home because I was like, this is what I want to do. I just want to continue and uh, playing in bands and touring and doing, I mean, me and David kind of continued to do what we did with Refuse but with different, different expressions bands. and different bands. But for a long time, Refuse wasn't on the table cause, because of all that, because of like the way we broke up yeah, and the I fact mean, that the yeah. last record became sort of a failure and it took off Because, like we were doing new bands, and then people like yeah, everything was taken off. You know, Chris,
1: Chris went and studied film, and he his life just he just started like a totally different life. I mean, Dennis, you he kept singing in bands. I like had a nervous breakdown, started drinking, smoking pot, and started singing in bands and and playing guitar and like doing. I mean, like I wasn't a drummer anymore for like ten years, so. Like, the idea of of doing that again was just so foreign. But it's it's one of those strange things with friends and cycles that you go through. Sometimes you're closer to this one guy from your old, like, crew. And then during a certain period, you're closer to some other guy. And just uh, through the years, it's just been these, like, cycles of us (laughs) sort of hanging out more or less or more. And then suddenly, in 2011, we were all, like, just there, you know. It's strange. I mean, Magnus suddenly moved to Umio and hadn't played in fucking. How long? Like, you hadn't played the bass in. <laughs> oh, almost 10 years. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. There's something yeah. about. I, I don't know. Yeah. I just. I'm a believer in karma, energy, and there's something about <laughs> yeah. that time or that band or that name something is maybe maybe somewhere some, else also something about together. sweden
1: like it's so small like there's <laughs> not that many places to go i think if we would have been an american band i think we probably yeah, yeah all yeah, been, different cities yeah, and yeah just never there's so many alternatives to the, you know the the routes that your life can take but in sweden it's like you go to stockholm you go to malmo you go maybe to Gothenburg, and then you go back to him. You know. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so that's it. You <laughs> just move. <laughs> <You've done it. laughs> if, if you're the type of person that moves, and then you just move back. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah it, and it's interesting because it's like. I think the type of music Refuse does. I mean, it wasn't really on the map for any of us. We just wanted to play music. But then when we got in the room together and we started playing, we're like, oh yeah, I remember where this is fun to play. Because it's like. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, it's, it's so different from what I think we've listened to, what we would do if someone, like, let's start a new band. But there's something about the energy that we have and yeah. the way we play together. just like, this is refused. And it's it's very hard to explain that. And, uh, you know, it's very hard to... Uh, I think
1: it's continuing we, with the new record. Yeah. yeah, I think so, too. That's I interesting, mean, it, it, actually, because when you say that, I'm like, no, I listen to it, and then I realize, like, I listen to, like, extreme music like Mm. like extreme metal and like new forms of like like drone noise stuff and like grindcore and twitch grindcore and like all kinds of and then I listen to pop music a lot and in the like alternative whatever you call it these days like but I don't actually listen to stuff that's like our stuff that has I mean they're pop songs but they're they're in a very heavy genre yeah, it's um, it's true. Yeah, it's true. It's, but I think
2: it's true for all of us because it's like the music that we're making. We refused this. I would only make that. We refused. I would never want to make this music with other people. It's, yeah, that's no. just, just what it is. You know? Yeah. If we would break up and I would start another band, I'd never play in a band with sound like this. It just, it, it just, what, how it is, like. And that's when they asked me. I was like, Is that really what I want to do again? Because we did 2012. I was like, I'm not sure. But then they started playing me riffs, and I started. Screaming, I'm like, yes, this is this is quite interesting. It felt right again, yeah. but I, I think a lot of it. I think for just the, the 2012 to get back together, we're such curious people. There's always this idea about how would that feel? What's that gonna be like? Can we pull it off? And mm-hmm. I think that was that was a huge reason why we start playing in 2012, and it's a huge reason why there's a new record because it's just like this curiosity, like what can you do? What can you accomplish? And it's, I mean, that's I, quite, I
1: think you can tell if you like us and if you see us live I'm sure you would love to just trade places with us and be up there I mean because it's fucking great it's just yeah. fucking great band yeah. to be in uh, it's, it's quite simple really
0: and then I'd love to just kind of touch on the new record yeah um, and it took me about 10 listens It's good it just That's it great. wasn't initially the, the changes the things it just it wasn't how long did Shape of Pump take? I would probably say the same amount yeah, because nice. I was into listening yeah. to hardcore records it just punched it one yeah. back And the... this is it's more subtle Yeah. Um, yeah. and it, it's starting to like I said the um, what was it War of the Palaces yeah. like I kind of you know you hear Rocket in there yeah. um, my favorite on the record is um, Dawkins Christ nice it's, a, it's a... that's my vote for tonight by the way you need to play it. Yeah. Yeah. we're playing it. we're playing it tonight it's <laughs> <a plan. Yeah. laughs> Um, but it, it's yeah but it, it's the same I think it, it, it. I think any naysayer anyone that's that's not getting this obviously they're short sighted but this, it's the same thing you guys are making think a little bit but I our was always to me a little too simple yeah and to make you think a little bit and deeper
1: that was also good do you feel like because I, what I what I hope and what I think is going to happen is that the new record just, is, is going to put like both uh Shaped punk and songs to fan, sort of in a proper perspective, like because the new record has you hear things in yeah, it. Yeah, you have it has like I mean we solve problems. The ending's last song stick? We we solve problems in a certain way within this band. We, we we write songs. We we sort of use a certain you know method, and and it's it's similar to like like Dawkins has a lot. More to do, I think, with songs. Yeah, then like the, the, shape, the Slayer yeah. and certain songs off of that record than Shape of Punk, and I love I love that song. I love playing it live. It's fucking ferocious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But to be able to pull from each of those and keep yeah. creating, I think it's a beautiful thing, and yeah. for you guys to be back doing this, I mean. It's, it's like, you guys are enjoying it, you can tell. Yeah. And it's yeah. not I mean, forced. I mean, I, 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 like the act, act I mean, the drive, yeah, I stuff mean, we're, like we're, job, that was forced. That was, you felt was, they were forced, not into yeah. it to know that you guys were like, it's fantastic. Yeah.
1: But uh, it, we're not, we don't, we're not people who look backwards. It's so funny for us with all this stuff, like the, the nostalgia, nostalgia thing. Because yeah. like, I can assure you, like not once in like three years of being in the rehearsal space writing this record did we discuss any of the older stuff like not once wow. did anyone just for fun start playing like can you remember like someone playing like a one of the older riffs like we were just a new band Push pushing forward, forward yeah. making a new record we never ever thought about shape of punk not once. I mean
2: I, I think it's it's there because it does cast a long shadow and I
1: think it was there in the sense that we well, I, we never thought about it. no like, we never talked no, about it but no.
2: I I mean We all, we but we also, now it's there because we're out, yeah. yeah, But I think when we are writing, because you know that we're writing a refused record, and I mean that that in itself, you're competing against that, yeah, which is which is well, we are in a sense because we're like, you know, whenever we've done other stuff and people like this, sounds nothing like refused, I'm like, no, but it's, it's a different band now, it's like now it is actually a valid, you know, yeah
1: comparison like how does i mean this, we got that you know, question when we did songs to fan and we got it when we made shape like like you don't sound like refused anymore it's like yeah we do yeah <laughs> it's, it's just it's it's the, the only strange thing about it is the gap in years yeah it's a long gap but <laughs> i think what we were doing then was something very sincere and truthful so it wasn't something that just happened to happen and it wasn't something that was Contrived or forced, and it's the same now. It's just very, very truthful. It's just what interests us, what is exciting, what what should this type of music be yeah. doing in our perspective? And there are other bands who do like other things, but the way we think about this music, this is how it should be done. And it's just the same as it, as, as it was then. It's not it's not a question of us trying to be refused. We just are refused. Yeah
0: last question, so thank you for your time guys. Yeah. Um, the what would you tell you know fans of Shape that haven't listened or what would you, how would you tell people to perceive this new record, Freedom?
1: Just um, play it loud. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's mixed to be played loud. It's a very loud record, yeah. Nick Lawnay, the producer, he listens <laughs> like he broke like that studio, we recorded he speakers the whole time. This they were expensive speakers. Yeah. Like they were, I mean, crazy you, you, expensive stuff, and he just blew them out.
2: Yeah. Usually, when you when you work in the studio, you record and it's loud, and then you come into the room and you kind of take the volume down he, so you can hear it. Oh, it's so loud! Like being in the studio one day, you came home, and you're like, I can't believe my head is about to explode because it's so loud. Everything yeah. was so loud. But it also
1: means that it's mixed in a way that it sounds great loud. Yeah and not all records do mm-hmm. certain records you reach a certain volume and it sort of gets like sort of hard to listen to but yeah. this record sounds very very good yeah.
2: I mean uh, it, we, we know we know about The Shape of Pump to Come you know <laughs> we, we know about these records and it's just like um just the way we approach it with an open mind is like see what happens and hopefully uh, people can listen to it loud with an open mind and then give it a you know Maybe ten times then. 10. <laughs> it's, it's it's that's hard though because we live in a in an era where songs usually it's not like CD, a, it's,
0: it's not like you. That's all you had. You had your stack. I know. Now you have
2: everything. Everything, and it's like a Spotify playlist. You know, like, oh next song, next song. So it, it it's a. I mean, we're quite a demanding band in that sense. I mean, mm-hmm. we people need to fucking sit down and listen to it and be like, what it, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. And which I think mm-hmm. is interesting because. Uh, it's very untimely typical to be like like let's put so much into the music that people have to make an effort to get into it. For most people do the opposite put as little as possible into it so people you can amuse yeah, we read, we took a lot get of the two minute thing. yeah, 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 we had yeah. a lot
1: of decisions for for what was best for the album, and yeah. like took songs out that you know were great songs, but to make a great, great album yeah. you know we had to. You know, arrange it in this way, and you know, we yeah. thought a lot about a and the B sequencing, and, and yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, it's 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 so it's, hopefully it's, people listen to it and listen to it. I mean, I mean we are 40 four-year-old old dudes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, uh, please, please continue, make yeah. more records, keep touring, do not stop. There's a people will be there, Sweet especially dad. hardcore kids. <laughs> 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 gotta love and hardcore then, kids. and then we'll get old, and... yeah, yeah we'll <laughs> still be hardcore kids. I call it babysitter it. core. Because when like Quicksand came through, there were so many uh people that put tickets up on Craigslist. Yeah. And it's like, sorry, wife told me I could come over. Baby sick. <laughs> oh, babysitter corner. <laughs> that is amazing. Well thank you guys. Thank Thanks. You.